Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We are excited today because we have a new friend. Our friend is Carlos Aponte. And um, I just love what Carlos does. It's It has something to do with what you'll find out, education and kids and an alternative method of, of teaching kids and reaching them. I'm going to give you a quick bio and then we're going to get right into this. Carlos is a lifelong Philadelphian. Woo! Woo! Traces his culture to the island of Puerto Rico. Carlos has a background in secondary ed, but after close to a decade inside of the classroom, realized the shortcomings of traditional education. And with the help of students, he started We Love Philly, a nonprofit org that teaches volunteerism, entrepreneurship, meditation, gotta love that, ownership and content creation to youth. This is interesting, left behind by mainstream solutions. After completion of their program, students can earn credit towards their high school diploma, and they're currently scaling the program to be implemented in schools around the Philadelphia area. Carlos, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you both. Well, I have to say, when I was reading your background, and you and we were chatting a little bit before we started about what the best part of our day was, and Kristen and I both kind of hooked into starting our day off with these things that are physical, but reach us mentally as well. Kristen does a lot of running, which I absolutely refuse to do. And <laughs> <laughs> I was doing my, my yoga practice. But the thing that strikes me about what you do is it's a holistic approach to the student as a human, as opposed to necessarily just a brain that we got to stuff things into. So tell us about your experience and how you kind of got into this and, and made it into this space. Um, so yeah, I have been teaching, um, as you said, born and raised in Philly, went through Philly schools, um, left Philly. My mom didn't want me going to high school in Philly. So I went to high school in Delaware County. Um, and it was there that I saw the differences between a suburban school and a city school. And that kind of laid the seeds of, oh, this isn't fair. Something needs to be done here. Um, so then I went to Temple um, after I graduated and I've been in Philly ever since. Um, and going through my own um, trauma, working with it, going to therapy, being forgiven um, by people who didn't really have to forgive me, really helped my own awakening and helped me see um, the operating system that I was working with. Um, and once I had those realizations, I was like, oh, wow, people growing up in Philly um, who come from a traumatic background probably are having the same, the same um, or similar uh, things happening to them. 
So I wanted to make sure that um, when I created We Love Philly, that I was first um, dealing with that social emotional piece before anything else, because I don't think um, any learning that you're going to take beyond the classroom is going to stick with you unless you remember how a person made you feel um, besides instead of just what a person told you. So I'm curious, I'm curious, Carlos, how does this program work? Is it embedded in the classes all day? Is it extracurricular stuff that you do with the kids? And I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in this as a former elementary school teacher, but also when my, um, when I was going through the, the height of the madness of my divorce, I realized a friend of mine that's in education said, Kristen, every school has some kind of program that might be able to support your kids. And I've been talking about this now with so many people that come to me in their divorces trying to support their kids. And it really isn't it really isn't as widespread as I guess it should be. And I'm interested to hear, and this was more like a watch and see if they implode kind of thing, as opposed to giving them some foundational blocks. So back to, to that's a little background on why I'm asking, but back to my original question, is it built into the school day or do you come in and do some extra stuff? So originally, so I was a history teacher um, and then We Love Philly was an after-school program that I started. Um, and then based on what we were doing, it got more and more traction. And then it became a during school time program at the school that I worked at. Um, so they, um, they saw what we were doing, having the success, making the content, doing the work in the community. And then um, the way I was able to do the curriculum, it was an elective credit that young people could take this class during the day and they could get credit towards their high school diploma if they needed that elective credit. We had a little bit more flexibility because I worked at an alternative school that worked with high school dropouts. Um, so if they came to the school, they're 16 to 21. If they go to school year round, they can get a diploma in a little over two years um, and they can get a credit in about 14 weeks. So this was one of the classes that was offered during the school day um, while I was teaching history. And then September 21, we were all coming back from COVID um, and they were like, hey, we need you to be a full time history teacher because no one knows what school's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm going to leave and do We Love Philly full time. And then I left and then they called me the next day saying, hey, can you still do We Love Philly? So I, I guess they didn't think I would leave. Um, so. <laughs> At that point in September, we had our own space in West Philly. We're at a big giant farm in West Philly. And the young people came to us after school to do We Love Philly. Um, <clears throat> we started doing projects where they could get paid um, an hourly wage. They were still getting elective credits towards their high school diploma. Um, and yeah, they were creating and doing projects that they wanted to do. Um, so yeah, our new model moving forward. Um, so I had to take a step back this fall I'm inside of a school offering We Love Philly um, during class time. Uh, but I had to take a step back to work on the business instead of being in the business and teaching 24 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, so the state of Pennsylvania, so this is for everyone if you live in PA, um, recently changed the graduation requirements uh, for high school students. If you need to graduate in Pennsylvania, you have to score proficient on the three state standardized tests in order to get a diploma. Um, 
what that means for Philly is half of the young people in Philly do not score proficient on their state standardized tests. So there's about to be a big high school graduation problem. Um, the district is unfortunately behind on this. Um, and a lot of schools are, are attacking the lowest hanging fruit and like, Hey, um, what can we get them? Cause the state also passed down alternative pathways towards graduation that, that young people can take. Um, so some of schools are like, we'll teach to the test. Others are like, Hey, how do we check the lists on these alternative pathways? But they're doing it in a way that is the quickest, most cost effective uh, and yeah, quickest to be implemented. So We Love Philly is changing their trajectory since I knew this was coming down the pipeline and we're gonna be offering those alternative pathway programs to everyone in Philly, but um, we're gonna get them real world experience, real credentialing that they could use after high school, pathways to full-time employment, um, earning livable wage jobs through apprenticeship programs, why they figure out what they wanna do next instead of going to college and getting into debt to figure out what they want to do next. Um, so yeah, it's really just listening to what young people want and then finding the money to make it happen and then centering their voice and then creating the culture and systems in place to hold, hold all of us accountable. Wow. So uh, the idea of this, this is where I kind of, I, I kind of get concerned about the whole proficiency thing and kind of, you know, balancing that with what, frankly, I see as not that the proficiency is, is not relevant, clearly it is, but there's definitely been a lack of, of real world education and real world coping skills and real world, um, you know, awareness of what it takes to function as an adult when you get out of school. So mm. given that the school systems are already stretched thin, how are they going to put these two things? I mean, how are they going to work this? Like what is, what's going to be that balance factor where they, because you just use a phrase that, that I think really sets a lot of people's teeth on edge and it was teach you to test. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not what we're trying to like. We don't want them to just know how to test. So how do they get the knowledge and then balance that with the very valuable work that you're doing in terms of creating a fully functional human? I think, I think as you both know, it starts internally. Um, I think one of the major problems, at least from my perspective in Philadelphia, is um, there's such a major disconnect between administrators and teachers and the young people. Um, they can't relate to one another. You have pre-internet people mm -hmm. trying to teach only know the internet people and doing it the old way and brains are just different. Um, trauma in Philadelphia is and 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 the realization of trauma and people going through it needs to be taken into account. But that all starts internally, like with your professional developments, with your educators, right? Is your educator lashing out on a student because of something that's going on inside of their home or something that happened in their past? And now they're downloading their trauma onto this young person who's already coming from a, from a rough background. Um, I think it starts there um, because these alternative pathways that the state has passed down is really an opportunity to innovate if you're willing to come to the table, take that step back, be honest with yourself, say that, hey, we need some system change, we need some interchange, and then we can create what needs to be created to best serve our young people. Um, I agree with you, the teach to the test method. I've, like I said, I've been teaching 
I've been teaching in Philly for almost 10 years and our young people do not want to do that. And I don't know if you ever tried to learn something that you didn't want to learn. <laughs> but it doesn't stick. Calculus, anyone? <laughs> uh, and especially trying to do that when the brain now is subject to a thousand TikTok posts a day. So like, how are you even storing all of this content on your brain? So I think the only way out of it is to create that programming and do what schools I think are supposed to be doing, right? Is how are we interconnected with business, with the community? How are we getting our young people exposure? How are we putting them around people in their community who care, who have the buy-in, who know that a graduated uh, base of teenagers who are entering the workforce, all of those major statistics that everyone want to see lowered to feel safer, or those major statistics to where we're going to make more money all starts with this generation coming in. Um, and everyone has, I feel like, that same buy-in, or they should. So why aren't schools leaning more into that and saying, hey, maybe we can't do this all alone for eight hours a day while they sit in this room in 2022. How can we get business involved? How can we get nonprofits involved? How can we get community involved? And I think that's the major pivot. Um, it's just from my experience in Philadelphia, some of these schools don't want you to see behind how good they sound on paper to see what's really going on. So don't look at that man behind the curtain. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're a little Always hesitant. a Wizard of Oz quote with me. Always. Yes, they're they're a little hesitant to let these other organizations in, but I don't. It doesn't matter what that doesn't matter. The young person should be put first. And if that's what's best for the young person, then, and you're not willing to adapt, change and evolve, then you, you're, you're not supposed to be in this field. Um, quite frankly, like to go somewhere else, because this is what a young person needs. And we are the providers of that. Um, and if we're not providing that, then we shouldn't be here. You know, what you're, what you're talking about here in terms of these partnerships and, and connecting the kids to the community and, and, you know, leaders and all, you're talking about the elements of being brilliantly resilient um, and also the elements of success. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I've, I've raised two blind sons that are, that are very successful. And I often say it was that what everyone perceives as the biggest adversity became such an advantage for them because they had to be educated differently. And you're, you're essentially saying the same thing. I mean, these kids that we, we or young people that we might look at and say, oh my gosh, they have so much adversity in their lives, but because of this program, they get to see it in a whole new perspective and connect with folks that they, other kids in the mainstream are, aren't being able to have those opportunities, which is unfortunate because everyone should have that opportunity, but what an advantage for the, for the young folks that you, that you are working with. So, so that is, is making me so curious. What are the kids saying about this program? Oh, they love it. Um, it's funny. I'm, after this, I'm meeting uh, one of our recent graduates. We're going to sign a subcontractor agreement. He's not sure what he wants to do, but he doesn't want to go work. He just graduated. He doesn't want to go work um, for another company. He wants to he's been with We Love Philly since the beginning and he believes in it and he wants to see it grow. And I'm like, Hey, we're, we're getting there. Once we get this state apprenticeship approval, I'll have some more money. You can be a full-time employee. He's like, whatever, like I'll do 10 hours a week. 
and pay me this and then let's do it because this is where I want to stay and this is where I want to be. And they'll be our second um, student subcontractor um, wow. that just recently graduated. One of our students sits on our board of directors. Um, they've taken ownership of what this is and what they want to do. Um, and they, they want to see what it's going to become because we, we put them around people who move with integrity, right? You met Keith. Keith has, has mm -hmm. met some of our young people. Like that's our culture and values. If you're not moving with integrity, you don't get near our young people because this is what we need as a community. We need those people who aren't going to leave after a short period of time and who are going to stay and do what they say they're, they're going to do. And yeah, that's that they've taken ownership of it. We, we took, uh, I don't recommend anyone do this by themselves, but I took 11 of them to Puerto Rico for 10 days to do a service. Oh, you're, a <laughs> you're a brave man. We all, we all stayed in the house together, but that, that created that bond even stronger. We just threw a, um, we just threw a holiday party. We were able to, um, give presents and resources to over 700 families in North Philly. All of our young people came out to that. One was an elf. One dressed up as the Grinch. I was Santa Claus. The other was the photographer. The other made the after video. Like this is, yes, they understand that we can no longer wait for the people who say they're going to do the things to do them. How can we do it? Um, and they feel safe doing it because we've created a culture where failure is celebrated. It's a part of the learning process. They see me not know what I'm doing, but try it anyway all the time. It's just <laughs> oh journey trying to create a school that I've never done before. Um, so we're all there and we all get that. And yeah, they, you're um, hitting, you're hitting all of the things. Kristen and I are both like lighting up here because you're talking about values, which are so huge to us. And, you know, failure, we always say when we started this whole thing, we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, we had bits of knowledge that we then just combined. And I think that what you're saying is you're finding these kids brilliance within their individual stories. And again, to Kristen's yeah. point, you find a lot of that in trauma. So I'm going to go with the flip side of this. Kristen asked how the kids are, are relating to it. How are the community and business members and whatnot that you're working with um, responding to this? Because to the point that you're making, we are not just releasing brains into the world. We're releasing humans, you know, when they get out of school and that uh, trauma experience that, you know, Kristen and I have had as adults and you may have had it. Do people recognize in the business community that these kids, they have a bit of a kinship with them and support mm -hmm. is, is something that really will help them all. Yeah. Nah, I feel like that's the hard part for, for a lot of businesses as they grow, right. Is, Hey, we have these cult, we have this culture, we have these values. And are we willing to say no to people who have the money that don't align with that to join mm -hmm. our tribe essentially. Um, and and yeah, so far it's been, it's been great. People understand, people get it. Um, they know that these young people are earning and learning. Um, and we're just frank and upfront with them from the get that 
that we're doing this and we're not doing it for us. We're doing it for the generation of young people who are going to come after um, our young people leave. And it's the same with the mentality when we have these communications with our business people. It's these young people are going to mentor the next generation of young people based on how you're mentoring them on the job. So like that is your responsibility. And if you can't handle that, then it's okay. Like we can still collaborate on a smaller project, but if our young people are going to be here with our apprenticeship program, they're 40 hour a week employees. So mm. like if, if we sit down, everything's out in the open, everything's communicated. Here's a list of competencies. Luckily I'm the teacher. So I'm like, here's the rubric, here's the competencies. Here's the, like, here's all of the things, but like, this is your word. This is what we're, we're meeting. And if our young people isn't meeting it, they understand that this might not be a good opportunity for them. No hard feelings. It's just everything is laid out on the table and everything's moved with integrity. And that communication is is everything because just myself growing up in a, a traumatizing with a traumatizing background, right? You internalize everything. Is it my fault? Did I do this? What did I do wrong? I'm the worst. And then that spiral, that that hamster wheel spirals really quickly. So we have to make sure that that yes, these people in the job are with them, communication, you're available, we're checking in and yeah. Here's what I love so much about, about there's two things about what you're talking about. First of all, your face lights up when you talk about the young people that you work with. It is, it is extraordinary to witness and it has been so fun for this time that we've been talking. Um, and I also love in the whole in the whole process of, of becoming brilliantly resilient and living brilliantly resilient. It's it's watching, you know, things don't I don't know about you, but things don't always go according to plan with most of us. And mm -hmm. you're you're like uncovering this additional layer of brilliance as a as a teacher with all those skills. And then you add this whole new component with these young people that you're reaching. It's just it's making my my hair stand on on edge that you are so the brilliantly resilient um picture of what we talk about so uh, my my question now though is like i said i guess maybe everything went completely according to plan when you were when you were setting this up and no problems whatsoever and you're just you're just basking <laughs> in the limelight of it now <laughs> tell us how that happened <laughs> were there some uh were there some hiccups or roadblocks or things you didn't expect or, or any you know one in particular that you had to really pivot and rethink some things Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, the first two years of We Love Philly had to do it completely free um, mm. and do that while being a teacher. So that was really hard. Um, like I said, I became our first full-time employee last September. So before that, all of the groundwork leading up to be able to take that leap and leave full-time employment with a school was just, yeah, I wasn't being paid for it. Um, so that was hard. Um, Building shipping containers when you don't know how is very hard um, in the winter. Um, that was hard. Um, I have a scar on my leg from a shipping container door falling on it during my learning process. I don't like to teach the young people anything I don't know how to do myself. So um, last year, we turned one shipping container into our classroom. Um, I did that with a friend of mine. The kids designed it, uh, painted it, picked out the furniture. We just didn't let them use the heavy machinery um, until we knew I knew how to do it so I could build the curriculum and capture all the content so they had videos. Um, 
so during that process, I dropped a shipping container door on my leg on the spur oh. of my shit. Um, um, but then in the spring, they built their own shipping container. We sold it to a community nonprofit in Kensington. Um, and they got to split the money up amongst themselves. Uh, but that whole process was like deadline after crazy deadline and all the pivoting and, and yeah, the meditation came in really handy. <laughs> on that. Um, and then we had some troubles this past summer with one of our payment providers where young people weren't getting paid on time. And that was definitely a lesson on values for us where, hey, we can't work with an org like that again because of what happened and how we move and what we say. They didn't back it up and they, they yeah, they fell through. And now we knew that even though they have large sums of money. Um, but yeah, everything... Yeah, there's so many things can go wrong. We've had. So given that, though, Carlos, yeah. what I'm what makes me think, again, to Kristen's point about holy, this whole brilliantly resilient mindset, it, it's not like it suddenly happens one day. Like, oh, you're brilliantly resilient and that's it. And you'll this will be forever. It's constant learning after managing another problem and another problem. Oh, yeah. I would imagine, and, and I'm sure you're using even these failures as teaching experiences for these kids and going, hey, look, even if this is a great idea that's going to serve the world and eventually make everybody happy, it's going to be a mess at times getting it across the finish line. But them knowing that is really important at the outset. Yes, yes. Yep. That's, I mean, it's everything when you're working with um with young people, it's, it's having the ability to say, I don't know, having the ability to say, we're doing this together. <laughs> I hated yeah, that phrase. We're building, we're building the plane and flying it too. I hated that phrase. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when it comes to us, like we're creating it on the spot and going. Um, so yeah, we understand, we understand that. And just to have adults that surround them that are non-judgmental. I think that's the major disconnect when, when it comes to our education system and the young people coming up is you can't have an ounce of judgment in your bones if you're going to be an educator with the young people coming up today who grew up with social media, whose whole lives have been online, who one comment is seen by the entire school and that's your whole world when you're 12 or 13. So if they come to you and you go, none of that matters, like, no, like that matters. That's their whole world right now. Um, yeah, you you need that non-judgmental adult. You need those safe spaces. And yeah, we've created that. And them watching me fail, um, yeah, makes all the difference. Isn't it great when you can really screw up and go, I did that on purpose to yeah. show you guys. <laughs> it's part of the plan. You yeah. guys, another lesson. Take yeah. a picture. You know what? You know what is so fantastic here. I, you're, you're, you're voicing part of the brilliant, the resilient process of not being married to outcomes, not having the judgment piece to okay, it's okay to fail. But you're also in in the way that I'm hearing how you run this program. The expectations are high for for these young people. It's not like oh, we're just gonna you know be down here at a lower level. There's and I think that that's a big disconnect in education and in families that they, you figure, oh, we'll have to have low expectations so there's no judgment and fear or failure. No, you are saying we do expect a lot of you. And and from what I've witnessed in terms of raising my kids and, and being connected to so many others, 
they really take pride in that, that you expect a lot out of them and they, they see so much value in themselves and they want to do that, that work to get there at this. But when you can do it without a fear of judgment, that's the sweet spot where they soar. Yep. Yep. I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I think it's yeah. um, uh, probably true too. Coming from you've emphasized a number of times this traumatic backgrounds that a lot of these kids have had, and despite the fact that most kids do not cause trauma, most kids feel like trauma in their lives is their fault. So there's probably a whole piece of that. You referenced that meditation piece, and I just wanted to touch base again before we wind up on this idea of treating these kids as whole humans, this meditation mm -hmm. and this um, kind of holistic self-care sort of approach too. And mm -hmm. is that a piece of it where you say to yourself, look, you deserve to be cared for. And sometimes yeah. you've got to do that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's half of our curriculum. Um, we spend the first half hour of every class um, meditating and journaling. Um, we do, um, we were doing it more often, but we're doing monthly like dinners together where we're just here eating, speaking, talking, catching up with one another. If we haven't seen one another, um, we are um, currently one of my big pushes this year is to set up like a mentor, mentee, big brother, big sister aspect of our organization uh, to bring people into the fold so that there is an, an adult there. Um, but yeah, it's it's everything. Um, it's the biggest, it's the biggest part. It's what, it's what is needed first. Um, you have to help, you have to get through the trust first mistrust stage. Um, and so many young people, I was in that stage until I, and I was in my twenties. Like <laughs> if you're not past that stage and, and you have a hard time trusting and it's, it's so hard to do anything like you're, you're living in a world where it's, you feel like you're just alone. Um, mm. and it sucks. So yeah, now we meditate, we journal, we bring in outside people. Um, currently, um, we were getting more movement involved. We're building a citywide Ninja Warrior League. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really, um, eat and sleep is really big in it. They're, they get so annoyed at, at how often and what they see me eat on a regular basis and me being like, hey, let me read your chip bag. And they're like, what are you reading it for? I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> want to see if I can eat those. Um, <laughs> but they're, it's starting to like seep in that like, yeah, like your, your body, mind and soul, once they are aligned, like and anything is possible. Um, and you just gotta, you gotta deal with each one um, to bring them all together. Um, Good stuff. Good stuff. Where can, um, before we get into our rapid fire session, I want to make sure we get to where can people go learn more do you do you are you um do you take get support from from people or is that more um from the school systems how can people get involved and help the mission thank you um they can check out we love philly.org www.welovephilly.org we love philly on all the social medias um on there so as i mentioned earlier we're building out that mentor mentee piece and really starting to build these on the ground community committees and start to grow our tribe so if you go to our website um, there's a forum on there that you can fill out um, to if you do want to you do have the the time treasure or talent to donate um, to the organization um, that would be the biggest thing and then all the social media channels 
uh, yeah, you can, there's so many ways to get involved. You just have to take that leap. Awesome. Well, this has been really a wonderful conversation because for the longest time, when I, when I grew up, I went to Catholic school and there were 72 kids in my first grade class with one little nun in the front. And they expected us all to learn the same way. And many years ago, that's been proven that that does not work, but you are taking it a step further and really addressing these kids as whole human beings. And that's what we're putting out into the world. So I, I really appreciate that. But now we're going to do something a little fun. Kristen and I decided that we um, we talk a lot about how to get back on track because it you know it you get off and you got to get back on again. So we came up with a couple of questions for our rapid fire reset. Kristen, I'm going to turn this over to you because this was your idea. I think it's great, but you take the lead. I'm going to do the first one and you do the other two because I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but this is okay. this is my one that in terms of when I need to do a, a, a quick reset, when I feel myself spiraling, something's not going right. I, I have a, I have go to songs every now and again. Do you have a, a go to song that you go to? So I have a I have a go to playlist. Oh, that go that's good. Uh, so if you can't tell, I have a lot of energy. Uh, <laughs> so I'm always trying to keep my energy high and up. So there's, um, I don't know if you know the DJ Skrillex. Can't say uh, I do. Yeah, he's like a famous EDM uh, electronic dance music uh, DJ. But I went to one a, a festival he was at in 2019, and someone put his whole festival on, put his whole set on YouTube. It's 80 minutes of just, Wow. Yeah, if you work out, if you run, if I'm like, hey, I, I need 80 minutes of like pure work without any interruptions, that's the go to. I'll put it in the, I don't know if you do show notes, but I'll yes, put it yeah, in. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put it in the. Yeah, the put chat that box. in there. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. So now the second question is Do you remember an incident when you laughed so hard that you just cried? Like just something that happened to you that was either stupid or funny or usually it's me embarrassing myself that makes me laugh so hard that I cry. Yes. So it has to be me. Like what happened to me? No, I it know. doesn't necessarily have to be you. Just something that you saw or something that made you. Because my thing is there was this goofy video of a dog back when COVID started and the little dog, they had somebody was mouthing it and saying, if these people don't get the heck out of my house, except the language was much more raw and I still watch it and it cracks me up every time. It's the funniest thing. So anything that gets you to that laughing point. So we were, um, so I was at a wedding a few years back. I had just reconnected with my now wife and it was sort of like our first public. So we dated in high school and then broke up in college and then we got back together after college. Um, so this was like our first event back um, at a public thing. And it was this really fancy wedding. Um, and it was kind of like the wedding was boring. So I was like, let me go be the dancer and get everyone out there. And then people started getting out there and then we started having fun. And then I pulled the SpongeBob and like literally ripped my pants like, all, <laughs> all the way down. Was, yeah there was still like two hours left of the wedding so i had to just we went out to the car um and my wife had safety pins or whatever they're called and she pinned my she pinned my pants back together and then i sat back down and literally stabbed my butt the rest of the night with safety pins it sucked <laughs> but it was funny yeah. oh my gosh all right and then the last thing 
your rock star moment? Just one moment that you had that you were like, yes, I got this. My rock star moment? Rock star moment. So um, last, what would that have been? July, 2021, um, me and a... supporter he's a journalist a local journalist we walked from philly to atlantic city uh wow. to raise money for our first shipping container um that's now our classroom so we threw this big event at cherry street pier and um, next to the ben franklin bridge our students were performing we were raising money we get we had giveaways it was one of our first major huge events of that scale and then a reporter and i walked to atlantic city um, to raise money for the container and to just bring a voice to education um young people were coming back to school for the first time post COVID, and they were they didn't want to go back to the same old school so that was the theme um so yeah i walked to atlantic city in the middle of july also a thing that i wouldn't recommend that anyone do but (laughs) in july you said yes yes oh my gosh in july Yes, it was 98 degrees. Oh. We left. The event was Friday. We left Friday night. We did 17 miles Friday night. Then Saturday, we did 18 miles. And then on Sunday, no, it was 15, 17. And then Sunday, we did 30. And Saturday was 98 degrees. Um, wow. Yeah, Saturday sucked. Yeah. But that's when we hit definitely the ocean, a rock star moment for sure. Yeah, we both totally. we both walked to the ocean. Our young people were there. We had a drum line meet us on the boardwalk, and then they like followed us as we just like face planted in the ocean. Oh, so, that's awesome! Yeah. Wow, that sounds that's so incredible. cool. Well, Carlos, I can't thank you enough for joining us today and sharing this mission with us. It is truly important. You are building communities not only with the kids but with the business community, and and just really transforming education. And we are really grateful to have had you join us and share your mission with us. Thank you. Thank you so Thanks. much, Kristen. I'm gonna turn it over to you. Thanks, Carlos. And and everybody, remember go to welovephilly.org and uh, see how you can get involved in the mission. Also, check out the show notes for the playlist that I can't wait to check out. <laughs> My I might be uh, losing a lung or two in Tyler State Park when I'm running to it. It sounds like it's going to be an adventure. If you would like uh, to have your own reset, quick reset each week, sign up for our Brilliance Bit. It is our most popular thing that we offer here at Brilliant Resilient. Go to brilliantlyresilient.net. The pop-up window comes up. Just throw in your email and we will send you a a bit of brilliance once a week right to your inbox. See you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.